0: You know, I I don't know who Drew Maggi is either. I do know that he was drafted by the Pirates way back in 2010, and he's currently hitting 4.74 in spring training with three bombs, eight RBIs, nine for 19. He's got a steal. I have no idea who this is, but you know what? Welcome to the club, if you can hit. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Penguins. Pirates 9, Yankees 6. One of the many reasons I tell you not to pay attention to spring outcomes is that if your team scores a lot of runs late or your team gives up a lot of runs late, I mean, it's all the the nobodies and the scrubs coming in. In the Pirates' case, in this game last night in Tampa, they scored four runs in the seventh and four runs in the eighth. So uh, just take these things. Just stop it. Ah, they beat the Yankees. That doesn't mean a thing. It doesn't mean a thing. Maggi, on the other hand, just might. I don't know. He homered last night. Uh, he went... Two for four with a couple RBIs, struck out in the other two. But I mentioned his stats already and his average being up to 474. And he's certainly one of the guys who's been among the more pleasant surprises of the spring. Alongside Travis Swaggerty, who went, uh, looking at the numbers here, scrolling through this box. He went one for three with an RBI. He is now... At 391 for his spring with two homers, eight RBIs. He also had a monster throw from center field. You might have seen the replay of that. And these are guys, uh, Swaggerty I shouldn't put into that category because Swaggerty's Swaggerty's still 24 years old. He was a first-round pick in 2018. Tenth overall, a lot was expected of him. For a guy who's really seemed to have faded off with management, judging by his lack of a recall last summer, late last summer, when he was doing well enough to at least get a hello from somebody, and he didn't. When you're looking at these types of guys, you're looking at bench players. And I know that's not the sort of discussion that ever gets people excited But there are a couple different categories with these guys. You can pretty much put them into, here's an older guy who can fill a spot and, or fill multiple spots coming off the bench, lots of different positions, and they've got the veteranosity and the experience to show the boys how it's done and how to go about their business and everything else. And because they've been around long enough, you know who and what they are meaning from a production standpoint, meaning can they hit from this side of the plate or that side of the plate? Can they handle late-inning situations? Everything's already on the ledger. So someone like Drew Maggi is going to be very much a known commodity. And before anybody takes his spring stats too seriously, in 2022, he spent 94 games – in the minors, and his slash line was 212, 324, 274, with no home runs in 94 games and 292 at-bats. So, you know, no, okay? But with Swaggerty and a couple of these other guys that they have in the mix, you've got players who could theoretically come to Pittsburgh and, and show progression as prospects and utilize them that way. Swaggerty is one such case. I think another might be, and this is going to sound bad because he's 28 years old, but Miguel Andahar. Andahar is a guy that a lot of people were talking about late last season when the Pirates plucked him off of waivers from the Yankees. He was one of the very few waiver claims that looked like they came with any actual purpose. But if you go back to his American League Rookie of the Year season in 2018, when for New York he hit 27 homers, 92 RBIs, and he just did everything. He looked like a star. And then, pew, fell right off a cliff after some injuries. Maybe he can be a legit reclamation because if you get him to the point where he's only doing anything close to what he did in 2018, you've got yourself a pretty big W on your hands. So it's it's not a tremendous group. It's not something that's electric by any stretch of the imagination, but we are talking about a bench. And we're talking about a bench of a team that lost a 100 games last season. All things being relative, there's some stuff there. Cal Mitchell is there. There's another guy like you saw him a couple of times last season. You saw that stroke, especially on the home runs. And you go, whoa, something there. You saw his defense and you thought maybe, maybe there's something there. But then, you know, you also saw just these big, ugly swings and whatever this kid's lousy luck was. He kept coming up to end games. Do you remember this? Like, I don't know how many times he recorded the 27th out for the Pirates, almost always by strikeout. But here, too, you've also got to be careful. Nick Gonzalez is another one who's doing real well uh, at the plate. For the spring overall, you wouldn't do that. You know, you don't bring somebody like that up to be a bench guy. Uh, He's got to keep playing. He's got to keep swinging. The reason that I mention any of this is that in this game last night in Tampa, Carlos Santana slipped in the outfield grass and hurt his knee. Now, by every account, he's not seriously hurt. He's expected to be completely fine, was removed as a precaution, but he was removed with the athletic trainer under one armpit and Derek Shelton under the other and the rest of his teammates looking on and holding their breath because they really like this guy and he can be a big part of the offense. And immediately you start thinking to yourself, who would be the one who replaces him? And it would probably be Andahar, but it might be someone like Drew Maggi who's due to, you know, arrive home in a pumpkin any minute now when we come back, J1Q. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Today's J1Q comes from JR who says, DK, I know I'm not supposed to pay attention to spring training records, but to date, the Pirates have failed the eye test miserably. 223 batting average 293 on base percentage of 5.61 ERA I'm quickly losing any sense of optimism that emerging talent paired with some veteran presence might avoid yet another 95 plus loss season The only real way to do any kind of meaningful spring analysis and it is scant believe me is to look at the players who you know will have prominent roles on the team all summer long. Not the iffy guys, not the Drew Maggies, and certainly not the people who account for probably half of all the statistics that you just cited. Definitely not results because, as I just told you, you probably got all excited about it. Nine to six over the Yankees means nothing when you scored eight of those runs late. But when you get into the guys who matter, I'm actually going to read some numbers off for you here, okay? O'Neal Cruz, he kind of matters, right? He's batting 300 for the spring. 9 of 30, couple home runs, six RBIs, walk. He's only struck out five times. How do you like that, huh? 890 OPS. Brian Hayes, not so much. Although he's picked it up lately, he has hit the ball a lot harder, and he's pulled it more. So there's some encouragement there. Not avoiding his stats. He's he's slashing 211 211 and 632, which means he's yet to draw a walk. Brian Reynolds is showing a 120 average. You worried about Brian Reynolds? I'm not either. How about this? He's 3 for 25 on the spring and two of his three hits are homers. I'm really terrified about what this means for Reynolds. Rodolfo Castro, now see, this one might actually mean something. Six for 32, 188 average, no walks. That's not what you want out of the guy who's going to be given a real chance to stick at second base. My choice for that remains Juan Bay, but then he didn't do much either. Four for 23. Jack Suwinski, five for 22. Uh, Carlos Santana, 4 for 24. Uh, G-Man Choi, 5 for 22. These are all really bad. You know what, dude? You might be right. Let's check your pitching. Let's do that, too. Um, JT Brubaker's had an okay spring. 3 out of his 4 starts were good. Uh, Mitch Keller has made 4 appearances. He's gotten some pretty good peripherals. He's gotten a decent amount of Uh, strikeouts, 10 of them in 10 innings. Uh, Brubaker had 20 strikeouts in 12 and a third innings against only three walks. Rich Hill has just been Rich Hill. The only lousy start out of his three was his most recent one. and Most of the rest of these pitchers really haven't pitched much at all uh, other than the ones that I've mentioned and Chase DeYoung, who has seven innings, there are five guys total who've pitched seven innings or more, and everyone else is still at six and under, and I don't care what your stats are uh, in that range. So there's more to learn about these guys. There's more to see. You know who they are. You know what they're going to be. Uh, just don't look at overall records or overall stats. They, they mean just nothing. I, I can usually tell the difference between someone who has spent some time at spring training and someone who hasn't or who just observes the games from afar or even watches on TV or listens on radio. If you're there, if you're there, and I know a lot of you have spent significant time in Bradenton, you see how spectacularly irrelevant this stuff is. Except, of course, where it relates to Drew Maggi, who's going to be the National League MVP this year. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. And we'll do another one of these on Monday.